welcome to the Maturing in Manhood podcast. My name is Dan. And I'm Jonathan. And we are launching today, episode one of a life-changing podcast. It's the big kickoff. It really is. Uh, I'm not supposed to, I'm not, I'm not sure you're supposed to announce a launch if you don't have any parade planned or any multimedia uh, blast, but this is episode one of what we believe will be the number one podcast on Apple. That is ambitious. I'm just speaking it out, bro. I'm just, you just, <laughs> just, you just it. spoke it into existence. There it is. Potentially. So, yeah, we are, um, we are launching a podcast, and it's this one called Maturing in Manhood. And uh, we have reasons that have become compelling and really overwhelming as to why we would spend the time putting our voices into the ocean, mm. the limitless cosmic stars worth of voices mm-hmm. that uh, are, are podcasting. Um, but let's, why don't we start with, John, the title what does it mean, uh, and why are we doing it? Um, we recognize being a man is a challenge, um, especially if we don't even know what manhood n- means. But we've talked through this at length. Um, what did you, where did you land on what our purpose is? Hmm. Well, like you said, there's an awful lot of voices out there, and I'm probably, I'm probably more familiar with what manhood isn't. If that makes sense, then what it is. Yeah. That's interesting, right? Over the t- over time, you've kind of accumulated a list of what manhood is not. For sure. Yeah. I think it's apparent when you see it, right? There are some caricatures out there of what uh, a man is. Some archetypes, we'll call them. Yeah. Um, but they don't always line up with what, certainly what the Bible says a man is. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so that kind of narrows us in on this. One of the purposes that we have for a podcast like this is to provide a trusted voice to build brotherhood, essentially and especially among our own church family. I joked about being the, the number one podcast in part, the joke is we don't expect to be and would never attempt to be. We're, we're talking sure. directly to the men in our church family that we're familiar with, who are familiar with us, and who would consider our voices trusted voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Um, and then secondly, our idea came from Titus chapter 2, verse 6, when Paul is writing to Titus, a young church leader, and it brings us really narrowly, brings us into focus um, to offer wisdom for modern dudes, dads, and disciples. Of mm-hmm. course, Paul didn't write that, right? That's no. our, <laughs> we picked that up from him saying in verse 6 in Titus 2, in the same way, encourage the young men to live wisely. So this is our way of providing our voice mm-hmm. to younger men to help them hear someone who they trust and who they're familiar with mm-hmm. to... Um, be encouraged to live wisely. And of course, we don't know everything related to maturing yeah. in manhood. That's that's probably why we delayed so long. Such a great point. But instead, we know something. Mm-hmm. And it's quite possible that we know more than younger men. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know how I know I don't know everything? Because... The look on your face? <laughs> <laughs> Could be that. Uh, because when I think about my parenting style, and when I think about... 
uh, have I done what I think is necessary to raise um, a son? In some ways, I think I've succeeded. And in other ways, I, I'm, it's just so apparent, you know, in the, the many, many ways that I've fallen short. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. And I know, I know you feel the same way. Um, so, so yeah, I think lending a voice that, that just says, Hey, we're, we're with you. We're not the, we're not necessarily the subject matter experts, yeah. but let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. And men, men, I, I mean, I'll speak for myself. I do not want to hear from a sage on the stage. Mm. Right. Yeah. And that good at rhyming. Yeah, that's actually one of my strong suits, John. Um, to boot. Suit. To boot. So um, I actually uh, find myself needing to and wanting to hear from uh, people I'm familiar with, people mm-hmm. who have, uh, we've used this phrase in church leadership, credible influence. And mm-hmm. and our hope is that as we've um, collected some of that by God's grace and um you know, um, that we're able to, that we're able to kind of provide some help and some wisdom mm-hmm. for younger men who, who need it. Um, it reminds me about some of the things that my dad passed along to me. Mm. And, um, uh, what would you say is the best thing or even some, some of the most key wisdom that your dad passed on to you? Mm. I thought about that a little bit and, um, there's a, uh, a bit of scripture that reminds me a lot of my father and it's out of Titus two, two. And it says older men should have sound faith and be filled with love and patience. Mm. And certainly the sound faith aspect is there. I've never known my father to waver uh, in his faith in Christ. Um, and I would say that idea of being filled with love and patience. I mean, he is a, unbelievable example of that. Um, let me tell you a story. Uh, when I was 17, I had a Mustang GT. You familiar with that car? Yeah. Yeah. It's Ford. It's a hot car found on road dead. It's a hot car, right? (laughs) My father loves cars and he kind of passed a little bit of that along to me. Well, um, I had this Mustang GT. I loved it, but it came time to sell it. And uh, I had uh, and a very expensive, because um, I was a total knucklehead, I put a, a subwoofer in the trunk. I put, you know, all these speakers around. It was it was crazy. Well, I went to sell it. I put it out uh, over at my, my brother's house in front of his house. And in the middle of the night, someone broke into it. And uh, they stole the subwoofer. They stole the speakers out of it. They smashed the windows. My my baby was was hurt. <laughs> so um, I was so mad. I was so angry that I that I recall um, going home, and I was so mad that I slammed the garage door so hard that the windows shattered in the garage door. So now I've got a car that's got broken windows. The garage door's now broken. And I'm thinking, not only does it suck that my car is messed up, but my dad is gonna, yeah. I mean, he's really gonna yep. play the hammer down. Even though I know he's patient, mm-hmm. I know he's kind. But this is this, gonna set this him deserves, off. This deserves, yeah, is this is gonna, gonna set, set him off. off. Yeah. This deserves, you know, a right. little, right. you know. So um, here's my recollection waiting for a conversation with him that sounded something like you knucklehead you absolute idiot who do you think you are coming into this house slamming doors now the 
the the glass is broken and you're going to replace it. You're going to pay for it. That's what was deserved. Um, there's no doubt. But what I got was uh, patience, and I what I got was kindness. And the next day, the the glass in the in the garage door was replaced. Miraculously. Miraculously replaced. <laughs> and I had nothing to do with it. I, he didn't ask me to do anything. He just did it on his own. He knew I was upset about the car. Right. Right. He wasn't going to put fuel on the fire. Sure. He knew it was a mistake that the, exactly. the glass was broken. That's the kind of patience uh, that, that, that my father has, the kind of love. And he's, he's such a, a fun-loving guy. I mean, you know, you see him kind of traipsing around but here. But it strikes me that that's the patience that reflects God's patience, right? You learn God's patience because your dad was that kind of patient. You completely botched it, and you deserve... Um, um, what's the word? You deserve some pretty serious um, um, vengeance is too strong of a word, mm-hmm. right? Like is recompense, is that the right yeah. way to use that word? Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of retaliation is, right. is needed, but then here comes the love of a father and it's, and it's patient it. and loving because that's what's best in the, in the moment. And that's, that's why, again, you can kind of catch who God is by a dad uh, conducting himself that way. Huge, yeah, huge. Where else do you learn it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, when I think of the best thing or the best uh, kind of wise counsel that I got from my dad, I actually think of uh, probably something my dad never intended to pass on to me. Uh, it certainly wasn't. My dad wasn't the kind of person who would proactively offer anything other than uh, praise or, you know, in some cases, flattery, like my dad thinking, I'm the best baseball player in the nation, you know, as a, as a 12 year old, like dad, that's flattering. (laughs) Right. Um, but here's two things that came to my mind. Number one was my dad's relentless daily loyalty and affection for my mom. And I noticed that at times my mom hadn't earned it and didn't deserve it. Mm. And my dad was openly, sometimes I think to a fault, but Mm. openly and, um, faithfully, loyally providing affection and and loyalty to my mother. And then secondly, I'll never forget the images I have of my dad of him slipping out the front door every morning in the dark to go to work without fail for years. Mm. I mean, I lived longer in my home than most kids do. Most kids kind of slip out and live on their own sooner. I mean, I, it, it reminded me oftentimes I've thought of moments in time and phases of life where you don't necessarily feel like, um, grinding it out, but my dad daily mm-hmm. just grind it out, getting to the job every day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily translate that to like, Hey, get to work every day. But I translated that into do what's right, do the thing you're supposed to do and just keep doing it. Yeah. And that's what I got from my dad. So, yeah. And that's a part of my character over time. I look back and I'm like, I didn't really get that naturally. I think I just learned that from my dad that I don't even think there's other options. Yeah. You just grind it out. Yeah. You do what you need to do and and, and uh, grind what, it out. What a great quality. Yeah. Long obedience in the same direction. Yeah. Eugene Peterson. Oh. Eugene Peterson. He's good. You dropped it. He's real good. Um, so another, John, uh, another reason why we decided to do this, um, again, I keep going back to despite the fact that there's so many voices that are already... Uh, chiming in through podcast and YouTube and social media and so on. We're not active on social media posting. I know we browse it, but we're not active on posting it. So we don't have a voice there. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but this is so much more. I think this enables us to accomplish so much more if someone's willing to listen. Uh, one of the things that has moved us, has moved you, and has moved me separately, but also at the same time, is the is beginning to process and respond and react to the modern culture's mm -hmm. vision for manhood. Mm -hmm. And um, what what are the things that come to your mind when you think of the modern culture defining manhood for young yeah. men or really any, yeah. any man. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I think there's two directions that could go. There's sort of a traditional way and there's a modern way. And I, I guess first maybe we'll, at least for the purposes of this podcast, we'll talk about the traditional sense. Uh, and, and I kind of made mention of this before the word archetype, like what is the typical man, like what is what is manhood in the typical sense? And you start to think about things like interests and preferences probably first. Hmm. Like what's a man interested in, right? And then and then culture kind of like collects all that information and, and it's it's sort of like, well, if you're a man, then you do this because this is what men like. Hmm. You know, you probably have a beard, you know, you probably hunt. You, you know, maybe you're, you're, uh, uh, you know, you're interested in, um, you know, getting some strength and, and, and working out. Maybe you're interested in a, a truck that's lifted and in a, in a fast car. And right. so there's all these little, um, uh, preferences we'll call them. Yeah. And so I think that's pretty dangerous, right? Because mm -hmm. certainly not everyone fits into into those preferences. But, I know I don't. I but, know I know you don't. For sure. But somehow culture kind of um, characterizes and categorizes manhood um, under the umbrella of preferences. And the implication is real men prefer That's right. this. That's right. Real, real men do this, collect that, spend their time doing this, that, the other thing. That's right. Completely separate from biblical manhood mm -hmm. or, or completely separate from um, what... <laughs> what God has designed men to be. This is a sensitive topic too, right? Because inadvertently you and I could really dip our toes into what some would condemn as toxic masculinity, because mm. I've noticed that the toxic masculinity category, in, in, it kind of covers or has, has kind of, um, it includes things that I often think, why is that toxic? Some, mm. some it is. Yeah, but some I often, for sure. I often hear those things that are toxic. You know, maybe if I'm following along on Twitter or something, I'm kind of like, mm -hmm. how is mm -hmm. providing for your family toxic? Right, right, right. That's a right. real, that's a real stretch. Yeah, and of course, not meaning exclusively, not meaning providing because your spouse, your wife can't, mm -hmm. not uh, in any other way other than I have a role mm -hmm. to contribute to mm -hmm. the nourishment and the flourishing of my family. Mm -hmm. So anyway, yeah, it's um, important to note too, right? That, um, toxic masculinity is a thing. Yeah. It's just not everything. Exactly. It's exactly. just not everything. Yeah, right. You right. You, if you're a violent person, right. if you're an abusive person, right. right? Yep. Domineering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now you're starting to line up with more, I, I think what is a reasonable right. definition. Yeah. All men are like this. That's know? right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for sure. So, and you can also imagine too that modern culture characterizing manhood by appearances, right? Mm. The whole, the whole, um, man. I guess some men probably have to forgive us for saying maybe this is the first and only episode they listen to. But the whole idea that men have a beard and mm. wear boots and yeah, 
you know, um, yeah. are outdoorsy. Yeah. Look like they just came like from a country video shoot. Right. Right. Yeah. Country <laughs> music. <laughs> so what we're saying is that that could be an aspect of a man's yeah. life, but that doesn't categorize, uh, that certainly wouldn't be the biblical uh, description of manhood for and, sure you know and, and we and, think of the values that the cultures um modern men project as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. yeah i think it's inter- interesting as well that um those interests can become very quickly a way to categorize people and categories are dangerous too because it boy they they, they turn into idolatry yeah. quick yep you know and so and by that you mean well for example um, if the category of a man is, well, he drives a particular vehicle, he drives a big truck, right? And you, and you buy into that, right? If something happens where let's say, uh, you lose your job, you can't afford a payment on an $80,000 truck anymore. Mm. What are you left with? Right. If you've idolized that thing and then suddenly it's taken away from you. Um, you're left with very little. Yeah. You mean when you start asking questions like, well, now who am I? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Which, which I, you could see, you could see some guys slipping into depression pretty quick. Yeah. Right. If I'm not, if I'm not this, if I'm not the, the archetype of a man, right. What culture perceives a man to me, then what, what am I? Yeah. Who am I? Right. I remember feeling that way when I had two on and two out in the bottom of the seventh in our church softball playoff game, and I didn't drive in those last two runs. And you I, didn't? So we lose by a run, and I think to myself for the next 10 years, who am I? Yeah. Why am I here? I mean, it's kind of a failure. What, what do I, what do I have what to I offer? What is this C League softball team going to do if if their pastor can't come through with two <laughs> on and two out in the bottom of the seventh? Um, so in contrast, John, and lastly, Paul gives six virtues that men of God should pursue, and they have nothing to do with preferences, interests. Yeah. Uh, in fact, um, one of the things I noticed about them is that they're global. Mm-hmm. They're universal. It doesn't matter if you're in a, an American suburb, if you're in an American city, if you're in a foreign uh, country, or if you're in a tribe, in a yeah. tribal land. Mm-hmm. These are things biblically that will transfer to manhood that are completely independent and are also timeless. It's not based on, well, you know, in the Roman era, this is what a man is, but then in the modern world, here's what manhood really is. These are timeless, universal things, character traits that the Bible describes. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That this stuff still really matters and really does apply. It really is. Today. Amazing. Yeah, if you look at those, um, well, we're talking about 1 Timothy 6, if you're interested, and what Paul's doing, actually before that particular portion of scripture, he's warning Timothy and he says, hey, uh, there's a group of people who are uh, dedicated to um, success and finding success through money. It's actually where we get that verse, um, the money is the, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. Mm. Um, and then he says, you know, he, he's going to provide a contrast now. For, for Timothy, and he says, but not you, you're not, you're not, you're not going to be that you're not going to chase after that because you're a man of God. And this is what that means. It means righteousness, six characteristics, righteousness, mm-hmm. godliness, faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And obviously all of those that you can have and be, even if you don't have a beard 
and wear boots. Yeah. And chop wood. Yeah. I mean, if you ask somebody to describe a man, what what a you know what manhood is. I mean, you could ask uh, ten thousand people, and I don't know that one of them would come up with a no. list like that. Incredible. Yeah. And keep in mind, this is a letter being written to a young man church leader. That's right. Right. It's not exclusive to young men, mm-hmm. but it's focused on and it's targeting a young man's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's I'd good. love to, I'd love to in future podcasts really dive into those six characteristics. Yeah. I think that'd be worthwhile. Yeah. Maybe I had an idea. What if we start another podcast? Whoa. No. I- We'll just do I, it on this one. I just got here. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, hey, um, we hope that um, what we're saying is inspirational, instructional, offers some encouragement and wisdom for whatever you're facing and however God is developing you as a young man or even as a man who's maturing and you're not so young anymore. That's fine with us. Uh, but we'll be back with another episode uh, coming up. In no time, watch out for it. It's called Maturing in Manhood with Pastors John and Pastor Dan. Mm, Can't wait.